Hey guys, it's me. Not that you were expecting anyone else. Anyways, Gaming After College has a sponsor. I know, right? We're getting with the times. It's pretty exciting. Anyways, our sponsor of today's episode is Anchor. Anchor is a brand new service that lets you make podcasts, and they make it very easy to do so. All you need to do to make a podcast is right there on their app and right there on their website. On top of that, they handle automatic distribution of your podcast to various different platforms. So you don't have to do anything with RSS feeds. And then they look for sponsorships for your podcast with absolutely no minimum amount of listenership, which is great for me because I think I only have five of you guys out there listening to my beautiful voice and uh, keep going. Thanks, guys. The best part about Anchor, it's absolutely 100% free. So what are you waiting for? Go and try it out. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Gaming After College, the only podcast that helps you manage your gaming time and your busy life. This is your host, Manny, speaking. Today, I will be talking about a very wonderful game called Detroit Become Human. Let's get started. As always, before we get started on the main topic of the episode, I do have a couple updates for everyone about the games I'm playing and also some uh, some quick updates. And uh, so first, let's get the updates out of the way. If you notice some sort of feedback um, about, about the uh, recording today, about the episode today or the next few episodes, it's because I'm actually recording in a different location than my usual location. So there's a lot of bit of background noise, uh, but don't worry, I, I'm trying my best to eliminate all the background noise and I hope it works out. Um, so... Anyways, without further ado, let's continue. So currently I am playing the Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist game on the Switch. And I am currently still trying to get all the different endings of Catherine. I don't know if I told everyone, but I did buy uh, Catherine Full Body, which, uh, by the way, is not a game for kids. So before you start looking this up, it is not a game for kids. And I might actually, uh, I might actually, when I do the review of Catherine, I might just make that an explicit episode because the subject matter is a bit... Uh, adult um if you catch my drift uh so i'm playing those two games right now um interspersing some fortnite in there some overwatch i'm getting slowly back into overwatch so that's good uh but yeah it's been uh pr- pretty pretty chill lately uh, I'm pl- i plan to get a, a couple new horror games in the next month or so and then obviously when november drops i'm getting the new pokemon game and I'll probably end up getting a couple of the new ones as well uh the new legend of zelda game came out this past week and I really want to get that, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It's a remake of the Game Boy game that came out in 1993, I believe. And uh, from what, from everything I've read on Polygon and on Kotaku, it seems like a pretty solid game, but it's aimed a little bit for kids, so the difficulty isn't as uh, high as, uh, let's say, Breath of the Wild. So I may just wait until like Black Friday to pick that one up. And for those of you who have missed it, the uh, brand new Nintendo Switch Lite came out on September 20th, so... That would be yesterday when I'm recording the episode. So for those of you who are interested in getting that, I did post some articles on my Twitter. And um, it seems pretty solid. It seems like a decent uh, piece of hardware. Uh, Just note that the biggest differences between the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite is that the Lite does not have removable Joy-Cons and it doesn't have a console console, uh, dock station. So you can't hook it up to the TV. It is solely for... Uh, portable gaming and it is um, slightly smaller I believe it's six pounds compared to the eight pounds of a regular switch including the joy cons so it seems pretty decent 
Uh, I probably won't end up getting one unless something breaks with mine or unless I have a sudden need to have a more portable Switch. Uh, I have a travel case for my Switch, so I take it everywhere with me. Um, but yeah, so there you have it. All right, so without further ado, uh, let's, can, let's get to the subject of the episode, Detroit Become Human. Gotta relax. This is Earth Radio, and now here's human music. Human music. I like it. All right, so Detroit Become Human is a game made by the video game company Quantic Dream. Now, if this sounds familiar to any of you, Quantic Dream has been around since the PS2 days. Uh, the first game I believe that they made was called Indigo Prophecy for the US. Uh, it had a different name in um, in, the, in the EU. I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to remember what it is, but I forget. Um, and they have a very certain style of game. They, they have a they have an MO and they stick to it. Pretty much, their games are cinematic masterpieces. They're cinematic movies, if you will. Um, there's no like super, super like hands-on action sequences that require you to pick up a gun and start shooting. There's no like um, crazy battlefields you have to traverse, or you know, you, it's not even like a, a your standard role-playing game like um, EverQuest or something like that. It's it's different. You're watching a movie, and you take control of certain characters. And those characters can actually die and that would influence the rest of the story. So it's a very specific type of game. And uh, because of Quantic Dream and because of their success with all their different video games who are all following this uh, this MO, other companies uh, have uh, taken the lead. Like for example, Until Dawn came out uh, about three years ago, four years ago um, by Supermassive Games and it follows the same thing. It's a, it's a set of six, a cast of six characters. You make decisions with them and they can all die and that changes the outcome of the story. So, Quantic Dream has made hits like Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain, and uh, Beyond Two Souls. Now, my favorite out of all of them, Detroit Become Human included, is Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is an amazing game, and I might actually do a review on that. Heavy Rain did come out for the PS3. However, you can buy Detroit Become Human bundled with Heavy Rain, and I believe I picked that up for like $25. So, two games, amazing stories, $25 get in on that this isn't an ad i swear uh so moving on so what is detroit become human actually about uh so detroit become human takes place in a futuristic earth um i think i'm i'm forgetting what year it's before the year 2100 but basically it's not too different from the world we have now um except now we have androids that listen to our commands like so we have think of the movie irobot for those of you who've seen I think it's the 2004, 2006 hit movie iRobot um, with Will Smith. Basically, androids have become a part of everyday life. They look very human-like uh, in the movie iRobot and they assist you with daily tasks. You need someone to go out to get groceries. You need someone to cut the grass, clean the gutters, etc. You give that job to an android. In Detroit Become Human, the androids look very much human. Um, in fact, the only distinguishing factors are this um, this almost like power light uh, that you see on on laptops and old uh, old towers. Uh, this power light that's on their forehead, on their right temple, and uh, that's basically it. Um, if they don't have that, it's almost impossible for someone to tell that they're uh, android or not. And so we drop into this story well into the development of androids. I think like newer and newer versions of androids are coming out and you as the player actually take control of three of these androids Kara, Marcus, and Connor 
and obviously this spoiler this uh review will be spoiler heavy and uh, i'm not going to give too much away because there's multiple endings for a lot of the different sequences so for all you know the, the my playthrough will be vastly different from yours um but basically kara is this uh android who was acquired by this man to be a babysitter for his child uh, Marcus is this other android who is basically a caretaker of an old man, a very rich old man who was a famous artist. Um, I say was because he actually dies like well into like the first five minutes of you playing as Marcus. And then Connor. Now Connor is probably the interesting, the most interesting out of the three of them in my opinion. He is a detective. So he plays an android detective who's specifically in charge of dealing with uh, androids who go deviant. So uh, side, side note on that, deviants are the biggest part of the game or the biggest uh, message of the game. Every Quantic Dream game has like a sort of message they really want to get across, right? Uh, Heavy Rain was all about uh, a father's love for their child. And like um, Indigo Prophecy was all about not knowing the unknown and being okay with that. And this game is a lot about, you know, not wanting to play God pretty much like you don't you shouldn't play god and i'll get into that in a bit but basically a deviant is an android who has become self-aware it is an android who realizes that they're an android and they live to serve and they don't want that anymore because you know how would you feel if you wake you wake up quote unquote wake up get woke people you wake up one day and you're just a slave pretty much right and they they go deviant they run away from their owners they um they want to live their own life they want their own actual freedom so it that is probably the biggest point in the game and connor is in charge of figuring out why are androids going deviant and how can they stop that and it's actually pretty ironic when you think about it uh, an android is investigating other androids who are breaking free from their programming and breaking free from their masters as the game goes on, you control these three androids and you make different decisions. So uh, I will let you know right off the bat that for each of these androids, there is the choice to go deviant. And the choice to go deviant happens um, early on in the game for Kara and Marcus. They they experience something very traumatizing. Uh, the first one um, for Kara, Kara experiences her owner um, physically abusing uh, his daughter and Kara is forced to watch yes this game is very um uh is very heavy in, in terms of uh storylines right so this game is very dramatic it hits you in the feels all the time and the the motion capture and the facial capture that was used in this game really captures the emotions conveyed by the actors and um kara witnesses the her master physically beating his daughter and you have a choice as the player to break from your programming because she because your master had told you to stay and not move and the game tells you do you want to go deviant and it tell and it's like you say yes and you input some commands usually just like uh you know square circle triangle whatever any different combinations of those and it shows the mentality like inside Kara's android mind uh her breaking free from this uh this cage and after you do that she interferes and you get back control and as you're playing this game i haven't really talked much about the point gameplay and you know what you know what i'm gonna say that for later and um so marcus's is, is very similar to that marcus's witnesses his master who's this old gentle man um getting uh emotionally abused by his son marcus has a decision to interfere and you know break up the fight 
And um, you do, obviously. Like, as a player, do you want to sit there and just watch or do you want to break free? And the game expects you to break free. Now, I haven't played it where I just don't break free and I just sit back and watch. That could be a thing. No clue. And then for Connor, now Connor's comes much, much later. So, so Connor, for those of you who, who have forgotten or just tuning in, um, Connor is the uh, detective, the android detective. Now, he has the opportunity to break Deviant or to go Deviant, I'm sorry. And that doesn't happen until way later in the game. Like, like I think Connor could have died multiple times up until this point. And I was granted with the option and because Connor was facing these uh, very morally tough decisions and the game says, do you want to break? And I'm like, it's about time. Let's do it. And so I broke and uh, Connor was put on a new path. This is actually a great segue into uh, the different storylines. So each each of these uh, characters have three main goals after, well, two of them, Kara and Marcus. After they break free from their programming, they have two main goals, and this is what you try to satisfy for the whole game. The first one is Kara, spoilers, Kara kills her master. She, she kills the, the old dude who, who is physically beating his, his daughter, and she runs away with the kid. Marcus is basically left for dead. He, um, he interferes with the fight between this artist and, 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 uh, and his son, and the cops showed up. And the son blamed the android, saying the android was physically hurting his father. The cops are human, they believe him, so they shoot and ki kill, quote unquote, kill Marcus. But then Marcus wakes up in a dump. And then Connor, Connor's main goal is something I already said. He goes through the whole game trying to figure out why are the androids going deviant, because some of these deviants are actually killing people, and how to get them to stop. So going back up, Marcus's main goal after he wakes up in this dump is to be free. He wants his people, androids, to be free. And he actually becomes an activist, a political activist who who goes throughout the game trying to raise, raise awareness for android rights. And as far as Marcus is concerned, you have different ways of doing this. You can break into a tower in Detroit to broadcast a, a message to all the humans. You have the option to kill humans. You have the option to deface buildings with um, uh, propaganda about android rights. And his main story is getting freedom for the androids. And there's two ways to go about it. You can be a pacifist um, and do gentle protests, or you can do a uh, an active approach with physical violence. And as, as Marcus's story goes on, he meets other androids who have gone deviant, who support his cause, his cause, and some of them want him to do more violent acts. Other of them want other of them, others of them, Jesus, others of them want them to do want him to do more pacifist acts. And that is his whole story. And it, it, it actually ends up, um, spoilers if you get that far, it actually ends up with the company behind the androids, who I'm forgetting what the company name is, they recall all current androids besides the deviants because they can't get recalled. Um, because they realize something's really wrong and there's like a whole uprising in Detroit and there's a whole like revolt and it, things get pretty crazy. Um, I would say Marcus's story is pretty great. Um, Kara's story is after she runs away after killing her master and saving the little girl, uh, she just wants to be with this little girl. She wants to get to safety and Canada, oh Canada, is, um, a safe haven for androids because there's no android laws in, uh, in Canada, there's no like, like androids can live peacefully in Canada, 
pretty much. So Canada is Cara's Mexico, literally, because she just killed someone. She committed a crime. Now she's running for the border. And uh, as as she as she runs away with the little girl, with with every mission, slowly but surely, all three of these android storylines are going to in intertwine a little bit. For example, in Kara's story, you're running away from the uh, from the house that you were just at, and you go into uh, hiding in this uh, abandoned neighborhood or abandoned house in a neighborhood. And later on, you actually see uh, Connor, the other guy you're controlling who is um, looking for deviants, uh, read a report that, you know, this this woman, this android woman, killed uh, her master and ran away with their kid. And um, and he 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 went, he goes on the hunt for her, you know? And it's very interesting. You And it actually, actually led me anyway. It actually led me to decide like, hey, do I want Connor to be successful in catching Kara? But I also want Kara to be successful in, you know, evading Connor and heading to the border. So it really depends on your choices. And speaking of choices, um, choices are the biggest part about this game. So at the end of every mission, uh, you actually get a very, very nice graph, okay? You get a flowchart of, of choices. And it says here, when, when uh, Kara was given the decision to break free, she said yes, and it, and it leads you down this nice little flowchart. And then it says, did you grab the gun from the, de from the desk? Yes, did you? do this did you do that and it, you slowly follow through all your decisions and then at the end of the mission it shows you all the it shows you the decision tree but then it shows you all the other paths you could have taken but they're all blank like it, it doesn't say what those decisions were or what could have happened but you'll be amazed at the end of every mission just how many choices you could have made and you didn't know and for that reason alone, this game has insane replay replayability because you can go back and make a different decision. So, for example, um, I was not satisfied with my ending, um, the first ending I got, uh, mainly because this other android I met, Luther, he, he unfortunately got shot. And uh, at the end, I had to sacrifice Kara to save the little girl so she can get to Canada. So she had to die, too. It was just not a happy ending for anyone, really. So at the end of the game, you're, a you're able to go back to each mission and pick certain big points in a mission and replay from there as if they were checkpoints. And I went back, I played the last 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the game, and I got such a different ending that I loved it. It was amazing. Um, oh yeah, and, my, and Connor died in my first playthrough. Like Connor was just, he got so close to being amazing and then boom, he's dead. So definitely this game's replayability is high. And speaking of playability in general, I haven't even talked about the gameplay. So the gameplay is very simple. You're able to walk around as an android in your certain missions. It's not free forming. It's not free roaming. It's not a it's not a, a open world sort of game. You're you're given a mission. You you start the mission and it tells you the setting, and then from there you're able to control your android, um, whoever that be, Connor, Marcus, or Kara. And as you're walking around, you have the option to interact with certain objects like a magazine or and if you're playing as Connor, you can actually reconstruct a crime scene so you can see exactly what went down at a crime scene. Uh, well, to your best knowledge, right? Using deduction, but he's a, he's an Android. So usually it's like a 99% rate of, uh, of facts that, that you got it right. And um, that's pretty much it. You walk around, interact with objects. And then when someone's speaking to you, it tells you your, your dialogue options. And you have like, you have four dialogue options, right? You have the X, the X button, the square button, the triangle button, the circle, etc. 
And depending on how you interact with other people, their opinion of you changes. And it can get higher, it can get lower, it can stay the same. And in most cases, you want a lot of people to like you. And um, that's generally dictated by how you answer your questions, right? And then when you're playing action sequences, so there's one sequence in my first playthrough anyway, where I was playing as Marcus and I was actually leading a violent sort of rebellion. Um, and I, I didn't shoot first, okay guys? I answered violence with violence, but anyways. Um, the first time I played as Marcus, there was this huge action, action sequence at the end where they were throwing all the androids into internment camps to be destroyed. And um, Marcus went to one to basically bust all the androids out. And the, you're basically running towards this fort, if you will, and all these soldiers, human soldiers are there. They're ready to take aim. So as you're running, um, the game will tell you to shake the controller so you can like jump or it'll tell you to move the controller to the left so you can dodge. It'll hit, it'll tell you to keep pressing X so you can fight or press, you know, it's basically quick time reaction buttons and key presses. And if you miss one, depending on the level of difficulty, it doesn't really matter. So if you have it on easy, you can miss all of them. You're fine. You're just coasting on by. But if you are, if you have it on normal, you get three chances. I think if you have it on hard or anything higher, you get like one or two chances to miss a button. But if you do miss, then you could die. And at that point, uh, Marcus's story or whoever's story, whoever you're playing as will be over. So it's, it's a very interesting, it's a great game and the gameplay the gameplay is basically the same it's been for every Quantic Dream game out there because Quantic Dream loves the, this this MO. They This is them. You see a game like this, it's Quantic Dream, nine times out of 10. And that's about all I can say about this game, guys. Um, it's not a huge, heavy game. Like It's not like a, a super long game like Breath of the Wild or Red Dead Redemption. And honestly, I can't spoil too much anymore because there's so many different endings. Um, your game could end as early as mission five and there's like 13, 14 missions or something, uh, depending on what characters. And um, I will tell you that the first playthrough I had, Kara sacrificed herself for the little girl. Marcus ended up dying on the battlefield and Connor ended up dying on the battlefield as well. And the second time I played it, Kara made it through with Luther, right? Because Luther was with her and made it through with Luther and the little girl and they lived happily ever after. Marcus lived happily ever after uh, basically having a pacifist movement and a pacifist uh, revolution in that the communities around like normal population um, favored the androids and sympathized with them and they pleaded the government to just let them be. And then Connor broke free from his programming, joined up with ranks with Marcus and they, they, they lived in like vice president, president sort of thing. So... The second time I played it, I played the last 30, 40 minutes. Well worth it. I loved it, thank God, because I hated my first ending. And I, I would I would suggest everyone do, do that. I, I go back and play it again if you do end up picking up this game. And speaking of where you can get this game or what platforms you can get it on, this year it was released on the PC. The game originally came out last year in 2018 in May, and it was exclusively only for the PS4, but now you can get it on the PC as well. And like I said, I bought it on the P on the PlayStation Network with Heavy Rain. I bought it for about $25. And I believe right now you can still pick it up for $25. And that's a pretty great deal. And before I sign off or before I start to say my goodbyes, uh, it's time to you know answer everyone's question, uh, the main point about this podcast. How long does it take to beat Detroit Become Human? So Detroit Become Human, 
uh, can take just a little bit to be on your first playthrough. And that's because, you know, you're, you don't know what's coming on your decisions. And when you go, when you finally go back in time to uh, change decisions after you beat the game, you don't have to play the whole game over again, right? So the first playthrough is always going to take a bit of time. And the first playthrough looks at, looks right now, it's about 12 hours. So 12 hours, just playing, sitting down, maybe a couple hours a day for a week or two weeks, and you're done with the game. That's it. Easy peasy. And honestly, this game isn't stressful. This game is, is more about decisions, uh, making decisions based on emotion and thought and logic. And that's it. Like that is the whole game. And it, it's very different from the usual game. So if you're looking for a super crazy terminal Terminator salvation type of game, this isn't it. This is a very chill watching a movie almost type of game. And if you're looking to go back and do a couple other different things, um, like me, for example, you're looking at around 14 hours of gaming. And then if you want to collect everything in the game, because there's different things you can collect, there's different uh, branches you can do. So if you want to do all the branches in the game, all the stories, all the endings, etc., 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 you're looking at about 29 hours of gaming. And like I said, there are a ton of things to do in this game, and in and there's a ton of endings for each and each different characters. So I totally recommend at least checking this game out and and try and trying it like your your playthrough will be different than your friend's playthrough and on top of that at the end of each level when you see your uh, your your um your flow chart of decisions it tells you the percentages of uh, of how many people chose that decision from your friends list and from the internet so it's pretty crazy because uh, sometimes i'll be like wow only seven percent of people made the decision i made was this a bad decision i don't know maybe or maybe i just think differently i don't know and so this game really, really is a good time, and I, I totally recommend anyone to get it. Like I said, you can pick it up for $25 on PlayStation. And speaking of $25, um, the winner of the last, actually, no, the winner of the last, last uh, giveaway has been announced. Um, now, that question was, why did Mario go to Princess Peach's castle at, at Super Mario 64? And it's because Princess Peach sent him a letter uh, saying that he that she picked them a cake and in reality this letter was a ruse from bowser to get him to go to the castle so congratulations to uh mr kim uh for getting that one and uh, i still haven't received too many uh entries on the last one on the last giveaway and that one if for for those of you who don't remember actually you know what i'm not gonna say it go listen to the episode on observation and you can see what the question was but i haven't received too many answers for that one so please check that out you want some free money you want to buy some of these games i'm talking about that's how you do it all right guys um let's see talked about the gameplay talked about the characters i went into some spoiler territory which is fine uh give you guys an update on the games i'm playing and uh that's about it so if you have any questions comments or concerns or any critiques because i'm always open to critiques please shoot me an email at gamingaftercollege at gmail.com or send me a DM or tweet at me at GAC underscore podcast. All right, everyone, keep gaming. This has been Gaming After College, and this is your host, Manny.